Hello, this is Deb from Deb's Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings podcast network. Today, Tyler returns on the heels of releasing a brand new Dockside Media documentary, In Plain Sight, The Intelligence Community and UFOs. The documentary features Rick Doty, Jesse Peake, John Ramirez, and more. With an enormous amount of work from Tyler and just one partner, Chris Rupert, the documentary covers the intersection of UFOs and the government. Previous films by Dockside Media include Conscious Contact, Full Disclosure, Secrets of Sasquatch, and Ghosts of Gettysburg. Their new documentary is available on Amazon, Apple TV, Vudu, and more. Welcome, Tyler. Yo, love the hype, Deb. <laughs> you um, you did great. Thank you so much for that that awesome introduction. It's really yes. good to be here. I feel like a regular on this show. I know, and you've been a co-host for those who don't remember. <laughs> yeah, yes. you're welcome. So for, for the welcome. listeners, yeah, it feels good to be back. Deb, I know. You, you know, you're, you're just... welcome to do that anytime, Tyler. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure the stars will align, and somehow. It'll happen if, if it's meant to happen. It will. It will. So are you excited? Your documentary is out in the world. You're feeling good. Deb, yeah, I I am just absolutely floored. I'm tickled pink. It uh all the podcasts that we've been on and the advanced screeners, you know, that uh this community has seen, mm-hmm. we've just been getting nothing but positive feedback by and which is very encouraging because these are people that watch a lot of this type of content so Mm. the fact that that they're saying hey you know i watched it two times in a row or Mm -hmm. uh, or and then still missed some information in there Mm -hmm. when we're talking about it um the fact that they just watch it two times in a row the the uh we just man we've been we've been very humbled by the reception so far and now that it's out on Amazon, uh, Apple TV, iTunes, Google Play, PlayStation, Microsoft, and Vudu, we think it's going to hopefully make a big splash in this community and generate dialogue and, and some food for thought um, to help advance this topic. And <clears throat> it was crazy. Deb, we did... Some social media posts yesterday on like Twitter and Reddit and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. And as of now, so I guess we're at like maybe 36 hours later, they've gone across over 155,000 social media feeds. That's amazing. Like organically, just organically. And so it's like, it blows my mind because I'm like, yo, dude, out of a world global population of like 7.8 billion, right? That's, that's like 0.002% of the people in the world have seen or seen or been exposed to this in plain sight, the intelligence community and UFOs. A lot of them have engaged with it. And that's like crazy. That's like one out of 50,000, Deb. We're talking, yo, if there's 16 NFL games going on this weekend, yo, one person at each stadium knows about in plain sight, the intelligence community of UFOs. So I don't know when I eat, you know, like to eat an elephant, you got to, you got to 
like it's that a bite at a time, right? So mm-hmm. I just I'm floored that we've been able to reach a lot of people and let them know about it and that it's aware or that it's out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm anxious to start getting like review reviews and stuff and more feedback as people watch it and hear what you know to hear what they think. Well, you know what? I bet you could get some actual quotes from the stars because I have one for you <laughs> that you can add to your little thing. Um, I spoke to John Ramirez before you came on. He said he's very happy and thank you for your professionalism and quality of work and that it is a really good piece of work. He was very, very excited also. This isn't part of the quote, but he was very excited about how you got what he called just really raw footage to line up and among different speakers, the same topics were being discussed and like some of it was, you know, read into information, by the way, were being brought out and exposed through your documentary. Yo, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up right now. That's just insane and cool to hear that you reached out to him because, you know, John Ramirez. Mm-hmm. And just that was his response to it. Yes. Um, man, that's just really, really cool to hear. And it, man, I, it, like, I'm not surprised if it's really just somehow the phenomenon or whatever is like involved in all of this because right. it's just very interesting how all the people that you named in that intro came mm-hmm. together. I mean, I saw it was, um, November of uh, I think November of 2021 here like in the fall I saw that John uh had started doing some different YouTube interviews and that PowerPoint presentation um which I always love because the CIA approved it and I don't know it just it gets me going uh not that everything in there is true but they like they looked it through and they said hey yeah you can you can present this yeah it has our stamp of approval I'm like dude that's so sick so it goes from there, seeing that, reaching out to him, getting his interview in, in early of January 2022, followed by, man, stumbling upon uh, Jesse Peak, the MUFON field investigator, who happens to be down in Philadelphia, which is like an hour and a half from, from me. And then that leads to Tom Carey, this Roswell expert expert and author who's written 12 novels interviewed over 600 first and secondhand witnesses i mean and the fact that this guy was doing this starting in the 90s right we're talking like dude you don't have internet access where you can look people up get phone numbers addresses like you have to do some serious legwork back then right versus how how much easier it is today to sometimes you can tweet or dm somebody you'd like to interview or connect with. So it was awesome to get him and all his knowledge. And then from there, it led to Eric Mintel, who's a a paranormal investigator and experiencer himself and just very knowledgeable on the subject matter. And then finally, yeah, uh, you know, it's like, like the other documentaries, it's like, oh man, hey, Chris, we, we need another like somebody else in the intelligence community, we just, we just do like, we can't do this documentary. I mean, it's, it's great with the interviews we have, but we need someone else. And man, as fate would have it, we connect with Richard Doty and 
I get his interview as well. And like, like John had mentioned, Chris Rupert does a great job of finding just all the similar. He's the one that does the final edit then. And he does a great job of finding all the similarities in these people's stories and experiences. And it's a beautiful thing how, how uh, he's able to weave it all together into this really com compelling documentary uh, where a lot of stuff is, is just intertwined and, you know, it just kind of comes out like that. I really, I, I, <clears throat> like Chris and I, we're not trying to insert our opinions or beliefs or anything into our documentaries, right? We're trying to get these very unique and often credible people who've had amazing experiences uh, throughout their life to share their stories because we think that it's worth other people hearing about. And um, so, yeah, it just all comes out kind of in the final edit. We just trust the process that when I sit down with these people, uh, every, you know, I, I just love getting them in a good headspace to just feel comfortable to share these personal, personal things. And if John Ramirez, I'll, I'll be quiet in a second, but if John Ramirez is listening to this, I love, uh, Chris Rupert always brings up in these podcast interviews we've been doing. He's like, John Ramirez is my favorite. And Chris wasn't with the interview or anything. He's just like, everything he says is very personal and sincere. And he's like, I had to leave a lot on, on the cutting floor. He had a lot of very, uh, yeah, unique and personal uh, experiences early on in his life. Mm -hmm. um, that helped shape him. And it's just, you know, we just can't include everything in the, in the doc and just the way everything flows. And, uh, but he, he's just like, it's a mate. Like, I, uh, he's just like, I really love getting to watch John's interview and just share his story because you can tell that, you know, it, it really means a lot to him and has shaped him. Um, so, yeah, it was, and John's an amazing person, so I love talking to him also. Um, so I, I do want to impress upon people who are listening how significant it is that you guys make such fine work because it's just you two. <laughs> like people, like I know you, you find a place for um, stock footage that was in the credits, but it's just you two. And you guys make things that are like, you know, Netflix quality or better you know, with your documentaries, it's amazing stuff. So I always appreciate what you guys are doing. And of course, as you know, I always love to give you ideas. So hopefully I'll give you some more ideas for and We'll find out what you're going to do next later. But I had so many questions that came out of watching the documentary, which as you know, I saw twice because I watched it when you sent it the first time. And then I watched it again last night. You ready to get some questions? Totally. Can I say one thing real quick? Yeah. That uh, just thanks so much for uh, it means a lot to Chris and I as filmmakers that that you're you just love like the the high production value and quality of just two guys doing this on passion and heart and feeling you know this is where we feel you know we feel led and these are the people we feel like we should you know that we need to interview and share their stories um, and we. Uh, Yes, we do have to use yep some stock some stock B roll, but even that we try and shoot a lot of it ourselves. Like with Richard Doty, I fly in to Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
I get in at like 11 p.m. because my flight got delayed or rescheduled, whatever it was. I get the rental. Yo, I drive three and a half hours down to Roswell, sleep in my car alongside like the road for two hours quick, get the drone up um, at sunrise just to get some drone, like sunrise drone footage over Roswell. It might be like two seconds in the dock, but it means something to me because it was like, that's really Roswell dirt you're looking at. You know what I mean? The sun is rising over it. And same deal getting shots of the Roswell sign and just different things like that. Um, and then, yeah, then I had to sprint or drive back the three and a half hours and little Easter egg. I actually interviewed Richard Doty at Sue Walker's residence. If people remember, she was in conscious contact, full disclosure and secrets of the Sasquatch. So, um, but yeah, got there with like an hour to spare, interviewed him at one for, I think an hour and a half, two hours hopped on the plane at three 30 and, and flew back. So it's just, it's a lot of hustle and like, man, just we're trying our best, you know, we're going to make the best of that little bit of time we got there. And you're these, doing these amazing. Awesome people. Yeah. Amazing. Thank just you. amazing work. Like, um, you know, I think a lot of people are probably also jealous. They want to do that job. <laughs> you know, they want to be that can. <laughs> They can. They can. They really can, man. If they, if the people really tried, I think they would be surprised what, what they could do, whether it's make documentaries or mm-hmm. podcasts or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. It's possible. And it doesn't take a ton of effort. Usually it's just moving the feet in that direction and thinking you can do it. Like when we started out, like we had just started in August of 20, um, like uh, August of 2021 here. And mm. yeah, to have four documentaries filmed, edited, picked up for distribution and released um, since then is, yeah, it's just incredible. I don't think anybody thought we could have done that if we thought, if we said that in the beginning, but I remember saying to Chris, like, dude, we can do five or six of these in a year. I know it. There's, and he's like, ah, dude, if we get two done, I'll be happy. And I'll be darned. But yeah, we got four. We got close. We can do it. We're still shooting stuff. So, there's- Well, that's good because I just got of a totally other idea that I'm going to pitch to you after the show. <laughs> Yo, put a <laughs> note somewhere. I'll, I'll make a reminder here. Because you know I do that. Every time you come on, I'm like, you know what? You could do. No, I love <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. So um, I like I said, had a ton of questions after watching the documentary, like literally more questions than I'm probably even going to get to, but hopefully I will get through some of these. So let's get started. So one of the questions I had was, why do you think it is that people who are in the intelligence community or part of the government are coming forward at this point and want to leak this information. What do you think is like kind of spurring that on? That's a very interesting question. I, uh, I would not bet my last dollar on, on any, like, I know why I don't, I would never uh, say that. I mean, I think from the people that we've interviewed or that I, that I've interviewed uh, for this documentary. So John Ramirez and Richard Doty or Rick Doty, they seem genuine and sincere 
in the experiences that they've had, whether it's John seeing stuff on radar over the, the Soviet Union, right, as a signals intelligence analyst and, you know, in his career uh, for the CIA or just the number of uh, or other experiences. Um, do every, nobody seems like they're just making this up. Um, I did not. And Chris and I aren't in the business of just, I don't know, putting out false information. I mean, if we ever get the feeling that we're just being fed lies to what end, we wouldn't know. I mean, we would log the interview and politely thank the people. But, you know, afterwards we would like, dude, this just does not feel right. This is, you know, these are not really their experiences. So everybody, yeah. Everybody seems genuine and through my experience and and Richard's very interesting just because everybody or a lot of people in the community have a, have an opinion on him based on his, you know, uh, history as a former air force office, a special investigations, counterintelligence officer. And I don't, my experience, he was very human. You know, he showed up, he was, a little nervous because most people get nervous with a camera and lights and, st and a mic attached to you getting ready to record an interview for a documentary. Um, I thought he was like very disarming. You know, he has these glasses. He's, he's not aggressive. Like he's polite, well-mannered, but not overly. He's not like me, like not, not overly just talkative. Right. Um, so like reserved, uh, so it was cool. Like I got just, I did, I got a good vibe from him to be quite honest with you. Nothing in my gut was like, Oh man, I don't know if I, if I trust him. Um, I had a good experience with him. Uh, at the same time, like, is it possible? He's just that well-trained of a counterintelligence officer that, that, that he's trained to act like that. Like, I don't, I don't know, but I, um, you know, I felt very comfortable. Uh, and yeah, like trusted what he was saying uh, during those during those interviews. Um, yeah, it's it's so funny because, of course, that was actually a separate question I had about how that went, because I've, I've spoken to Rick, too, and I feel like he's really sincere also that he's actually um pretty sad about some of the things that have happened that he gets entirely blamed for which is extremely unfair um in my opinion not only because he was not the only person involved but because uh he can't be blamed for an end result that was obviously stemming from other circumstances but anywho <laughs> you know yeah was, it was unfair but I, I was thinking about him a lot and I do think he's done some really odd things. Um, and I do think part of his coming out might just be redemption, you know, like to get back on the right path. That's really cool. You said that I've said it in the other podcasts that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Richard's trying to like turn over a new leaf or whatever, try and get this information, you know, I, and I, you know what, like I'm human enough to say that, Hey, if, if I grow up in my dream or whatever, if I end up becoming this counterintelligence officer at an air force base and, you know, I'm saying, and I'm being told, look, for the sake of national security, your family, society, 
you need to do this. I know it seems hard, but somebody has to do it, right? We just, for the betterment of the world, we have to do it. Like, I don't know if, if I'm in those shoes, I don't know how I react. Like, you know, I really don't. So I try not to judge, you know, other people, um, like based on their past, right? I think it's good to be mindful of it, but I think it, when put in context, you know, it's like, well, I don't know how necessarily I would have reacted. It should I find myself in those, in that position? It's, I don't know. It wasn't my life, right. uh, but for what he's doing now, he just, yeah, he, he strikes me as yeah, genuine, sincere, and Chris always brings up in these interviews that it's interesting in the, you know, in for in Richard's case, where, you know, it very clearly seems like he is. Well, Chris says like he's giving a presentation and recalling these details from memory. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, that that's true. And then he he'll he would pause at times and be like, uh you know what? I'm not allowed to go into that or talk more about that. And uh, like he would, yeah, he would catch and But so, yeah, it wasn't like he was just saying everything and anything, you know, there was still stuff that he couldn't talk about, but uh, so, so I guess to, so we can get to the rest of your questions. I'll say this, you know, I don't know what to what end, the intelligence community, like the Lou Elizondos, you know, the Chris Mellons, just all these people um, and naval pilots, right? Radar mm-hmm. operators. There's a lot of people yeah. like also mm-hmm. that are talking about it, not just until I, I'm hopeful that it's, you know, trying to get like public consciousness or whatever, more adapted to the fact of, of extraterrestrials. You know, I really like that Cong, you know, we're getting congressional reporting and like new, like, I, I guess like, I don't know if it was Navy pilots and FAA or whatever, they're, they're a new form of reporting UAPs, right. Where before they were really stigmatized. So it's like, cool. I think collecting more data and having more briefings to Congress and, you know, public hearings and stuff. I think that's going to, help advance this topic and the intelligence community they're smart i think and you know if they know that wow maybe if they know the cat's going to come out of the bag eventually it's probably smart to start shaping public opinion and priming the public to be receptive to some things um you know, should indeed disclosure happen and that way there, you know, it's not mass chaos. So I hope it's something like that. I'm an optimist. Yeah. Well, I actually just saw something that someone had tweeted out today that this is happening because of Russia and concerns about the world at large and the need to step it up is going to be eminent. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if that's what why is happening the way it is, but it leads me to another question. So you mentioned a lot of people that are involved in leaking or coming out and talking, uh, you know, including Congress and so on. I'm not saying they're leaking, but they're part of the talking. Yeah. But one thing that was also mentioned in your documentary was presidents. Um, and 
someone basically said, you know, presidents, I think it was Jesse Peak mentioned that presidents, you know, don't really get read in because they're only there for from four to eight years. But I have to point out, presidents are talking now. Obama has come out and said something. Um, Carter mentioned something. Reagan <laughs> mentioned something. Why do you think, oh, and Clinton, of course, Clinton tried to do things. Why do you think it is that presidents never succeed with this? Why do they never succeed with getting this information fully out? You're tossing me some crazy questions. I don't think there is a right answer, but if you just want me to speculate, my best guess is I don't think most of them are given all of the information. You know, I think it still is heavily compartmentalized. Um, so I think there's a good chance a lot of them aren't. Uh, I think, was it the Jimmy Carter story where like allegedly or supposedly he left some meeting or briefing that was maybe about UFOs and or aliens and he was seen like visibly like weeping, upset and crying. And people in the UFO community speculated that he was a deeply religious man and that maybe something he had uh, whatever been briefed on sh kind of shocked him to the core based on what his religion was. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe the truth is much stranger than fiction or whatever. And Cause like, I don't want to, I really don't want to make, do any political stuff, but Trump for whatever he is, you know, he tends to blab and talk. So I feel like if he was read in, I'm surprised there hasn't been any just massive earth shattering stuff revealed he from him. He did say some things. What did. what did he say? <laughs> he was interviewed and I think it was with his son and his son was either the son or the other interview person that was in the room. They were talking about Roswell and he goes, oh yeah, there's some interesting things there. <laughs> and he said something like, I, you know, I could maybe, you know, disclose that or, you know, lift its confidentiality or whatever lifts the you know, level of security on it. Right, and, right. And you know what got me about that was that if Roswell's been solved, which supposedly it has been, so they did a whole book about, you know, solving Roswell in the 90s, then why would he have to do anything to disclose more? That was the part where he gave something away, in my opinion. Like, that was super strange. <laughs> <laughs> I, I okay yeah I forgot or did not I don't know if I even ever came across that just in through all my readings but that's pretty that's pretty dope um mm -hmm. so yeah I don't know mate mate uh, I'm just too optimistic to think like you know that it's something nefarious or that these extraterrestrials are nefarious to you know I I feel like if they were then we wouldn't be here we wouldn't have the technology that we have already where we're talking on you know remotely you know hundreds and hundreds of miles apart with clear crisp audio and having a conversation this one wasn't possible that long ago and in another 
150 years? Who knows what we'll be doing? So, yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, we'll probably I don't have any other answer. What's what's your what's your opinion on why pre- presidents haven't spilled the beans? I mean, yeah, some of the I did see that Obama comment, which was yeah, highly interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, it's interesting because other presidents have been involved that we haven't even mentioned, um, even you know, prime ministers in the UK, and none of them true. have just been like straight with the topic. And it seems like someone has convinced them to hold it in. Um, but here's something really interesting to me. We have a lot of stuff in the presidential libraries that we can't access. And they haven't given to the public. And I think um, John Greenwald requested the stuff from Obama's library where there's the most interesting thing going on, which I'll get to in a moment. And they told him it would take like 20 years before they would give out that information, which is super strange, right? Yeah. 20 years of the UFO information being held by Obama, (laughs) you know, so that's really weird. But and then, of course, there's stuff from the Clinton administration. But the, the interesting thing is, when I went into the presidential library, just kind of perusing for the president, well, I think it was Obama's has just a huge surge of aerospace work at this time. And he's a man who knows. And he's basically told the public he knows about this. And his administration not only had a huge surge with aerospace work, but and they also started talking about using special materials and having hmm. innovative technology, not only with aerospace, but in industry. And I thought that was super interesting. Like, was that like a little flag that people are not really paying attention to? Um, so, yeah, I think that's interesting. So I don't I don't know if someone's just convinced them you need to hold this back or they're just <sighs> aware of how the system is working. And I apologize. My dog keeps sneezing. Oh, no worries. <laughs> Bless you. Bless your yes. dog. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, are they just aware of how it's supposed to be used and they're letting the exploitation continue? Um, so there, there's either possibility, you know? Yeah, I do realize. I mean, you know, there are whatever, just, I don't know. People got to make a lot of tough decisions, I, I imagine, in those types of spots. Why all of them have chose not to disclose, like, further than the, you know, like, just really full disclosure. Uh, you know, nobody's done that. Uh I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is to some benefit, right? I wouldn't be shocked if it's like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, the oil industry generates so much money. We can't we can't do this free energy. And then you, you know, then it let you know let's speculate and say, oh well, dude, they had this like say 40 years ago, 60 years ago. It's like, well, what hold on, they sat on this for like five decades because they wanted to drain all the oil. And make all the money off that before they could give away free energy. And it's like, oh, dude, I don't know. You know, history's written by the winners. Does it ultimately come to that? I wouldn't be shocked if that's the the major reason for just money and power. Um, 
Like, I don't know. I'm open to it all until it's really proved, until I'm like proved otherwise. I try not to really rule anything out. I keep, you know, as silly as it may seem because 150 years ago, dude, iPhones, SpaceX, Neuralink, like Starlink satellites, just all uh, social media, all those things, like you, you couldn't even conceive it at that time. People 150 years ago couldn't couldn't think of most of those things. You know, well, really... maybe yeah, some of those. Not neuralink. Well, <laughs> either way, most minds weren't capable. And if the few that could, they would have absolutely been labeled crazy because yeah. based on what the way they were living, there's like there's no way. What's really interesting is parallel to our technology boom like electricity, light bulbs, boom, you know, internet, computers, boom, cell phones, boom, right? Right before then is about the time that the abductions began, actually. Hmm. Um, According to things that I've heard from experiencers, it was like about five generations ago that their families started to be impacted, which is... Yeah, so about 100 or so years in their families of being experiencers. Now, do I think that's the only time people were abducted the last 100 years? No, I don't. I think that there's experiences that go back for centuries. Um, And I feel like we're going to find out there's more going on with these accounts of fae and religious figures than we thought, right? But I think it's a weird coincidence because who says they have downloads? Who says they're getting information? Abductees, contactees, experiencers, right? And then suddenly yeah. we're having a technology boom. So, um, you know, a lot of people who work in the industry, you know, they feel like they're inspired by a muse and they suddenly have a great idea. It's the same with thing that happens when an experiencer says they're having a download so are we getting things projected into us maybe around that time that makes us have this boom i don't know but here's an interesting thing about it it leads us to be on the same path as these non-human intelligence we even can now by the way have a flying saucer of our own if we want to because people have made them It's weird how the loop closes, right? And then people say that uh, these grays are biologically engineered. And right now, scientists are making biological robots right now. And they're 3D printing organs. So I think it's like a loop. Yeah, absolutely. A loop that I think increases exponentially because I'm I'm 37, man. I've gone from Pong to PS5 virtual reality. And it's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. I was so happy playing Pong at five or whatever it was. Um, and Mario at like seven or eight. And it's like, dude, I couldn't have even at that time. Those were the best graphics there will ever be. I mm-hmm. could never understand like, oh, dude, we're getting close you know, you, you've got these like uh, deep fakes of Tom Cruise and stuff on the mm-hmm. internet. It's like, bro, we've got AI and stuff that is 
learning can learn voices and people and just connect it all and like <clears throat> make a deep fake of whatever they want. And I'm not sure if you've seen any of these like artificial intelligence art website generators or whatever, but like you mm -hmm. put in keywords and this AI, you know, the, 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 just the paintings or whatever the, the media that it's giving or spitting out is incredible. And you got to think like, wait, we're just teaching it too, right? Like it's only going to get better and better. So I think technology, um, <coughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Right. Like we'll, I don't know. We could easily be visiting other star systems. Um, in my opinion, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. It definitely in like, yeah, a thousand, a hundred, fifty, ten. I, I'm not sure. I'm an optimist. I, I'd be like, yo, let, let's try. If I had the means, like, let's try. Yeah, I think that they're planning on having humans involved in the next Mars expedition. I want to say in 2030 or 2033-ish. Because they have to go out there to pick up the samples that the robot essentially <laughs> gathered and then dropped along Mars. So they're considering having humans involved. Okay, so just so you know, mm -hmm. I decided to pull out an AI artwork generator and I put in Dockside Media. <laughs> and, oh, and, man. And unfortunately, listeners are not going to see this. But this is the first thing that popped up. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Somehow you need to email that to me because I bet if I look at that closely, that's that almost looks like an image of Chris Rupert and myself, Tyler Trance, who combined that's at a so, glance. So odd, and I think yeah, uh, no, <laughs> I'm. I feel like I'm going to make more while we're talking as best I yeah. can, just for you. But but yeah, Those I love the nice. AI thing. Yeah. So, man. Um, yeah, and that's interesting. Yeah, I love what you're talking. Well, yeah, and like we have Neuralink, and I don't know that stuff's going to eventually be used readily. And man, then then we have basically telepathy, right? We're downloading right. to each other, yeah, memes uh, immediately into our mental thought. And you know, Elon Musk talks about like, oh well, you know, I guess like if you wanted to go back and relive replay a moment like dude you could you would replay that like second for second wow. right like pixel per pixel in your head and at that point yeah it's like well yo did we already have this conversation deb and i just hit rewind or you did i don't know um yeah. but yeah, yeah it, be, it would be in, it would be indistinguishable from reality so yeah, stuff's getting far out enough as it is. So, whew. it's it's worth saying that they already have a competitor that's already put an implant in someone's head. Boom. Right. Competition it, is good. Right. And it's way less complicated than Neuralink, by the way. <laughs> it's like Even a better. very simple little mesh coil thing. And it's already in someone's head right now. Someone's out there walking around with something like Neuralink. Pure human trial. Ah, oh. yep. I mean, that's how. <clears throat> yeah, that's how it happens and evolves. So, 
I'm looking to I'm looking forward to seeing that stuff develop. So, yeah, my next question for you was, it, you know, we we haven't touched on this as much, but it was sort of mentioned a few times that NASA is involved. Um, and what do you think that means? What do you think is going to happen? NASA is doing the study now. You know, their director has been pretty open about talking about UAPs. Before NASA said this isn't our our issue, this isn't our right. problem. But now they're saying we're going to go back and look through our archives and really consider this more seriously. They're hiring people to sit down and study this. What do you, what do you think about the NASA elements? I think it just again as an optimist, but it almost just strengthens the case of like well. Either we're all just getting super duper lucky that the intelligence community, you know, NASA, Bill Nelson, um, former presidents, uh, like all these people happen to, you know, up the dialogue and momentum of this discussion. Like maybe we're just lucky or, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a coordinated effort. Um, to what end I, I i i'm thinking it's to prepare us you know just so there's not a massive shock so yeah it's neat and like you know the 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 catholic church and this is i can't i don't want to misspeak you would you you're more well researched or remember stuff better but it it wasn't that long ago a few years ago maybe that you know, they had said or like rewritten or made a public statement that like, oh, like if extraterrestrials are found, it doesn't go against our doctrine. Like this is a pact God made with man or, or something to that effect. But it's like, yo, that that's crazy. The Catholic Church already has queued up like a oh, no, 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 guys, guys, we cool. We like if this. So it's I think that type of coordination. Yeah, it just it takes a lot of high level people working together. And I hope it's for the greater good. So I agree. And people seem to overlook that NASA paid for a study to have all the religious speakers talk about this before. They had them sit down. They spent a million dollars to have That's them sit down. Yeah. About what would happen if they discovered extraterrestrial life. And, and by the way, the Catholics said they would also be happy to baptize them. <laughs> oh, that's nope, nope, nope. That's what's up. Yeah. I'm so, the full story. <laughs> I forgot yeah, that yeah. part. <laughs> <laughs> because actually, of, of anyone, the Catholics are really interesting because not only do they have large observatories, I was told there's two, not just one, but they have two, but they have... A, quite a quite a large set of documents about encounters with entities and remote viewing um and that is what diana pasolka has talked about she went out to uh take a look at their religious doctrine and ran into some really interesting stories <laughs> so to speak but they're not mm. really stories they're like accounts that are written at the time by priests you know, so they're taken pretty seriously. Um, the Catholics, I think, are probably more serious about all of this. And they, I think that's where people write about the Roman 
shields. I think okay. that and the the Vatican. So yeah, the Catholics are in a different place with this. Some of these other religions, you know, some of them are newer, you know, and and what's really interesting, it's worth noting, some of them were caused by UFOs actually. Um if you really deep dive into religion, um quite a few are inspired by UFOs. Even in, um, I believe it's Mecca, they they suspect there's something, you know, there's like a prayer circle. They walk around an object. No one's allowed to inspect what the object is. Yeah, huh. you're not you're not allowed to touch it. You're not, or well, as far as I know, you're not allowed to like take a piece off. It's a religious object that they walk around in a large circle. Yeah. I, 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 I got to read up on that. That's really fascinating. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think it's the Nation of Islam is one inspired by UFOs. Okay. Uh, Scientology. Uh, I think Mormonism maybe is another. Mm. So yeah, it's really worth looking into. It's some <laughs> interesting stuff. Mm. I definitely will. No, you bringing up about the, uh, the Vatican uh, or the Catholic Church, but yeah, I'm thinking like, yeah, aren't there like Vatican archives or what secret archives or something like that? I'm just like, oh, dude, what are the odds I could manifest that into existence? My buds there interviewing people. I'm throwing it out right now. So it's a possibility. That would be, that would be really interesting because I, yeah. Everyone I'll wants just, to know more. And I, and what's sure. one of the more interesting encounters, by the way, that I heard about that people also don't talk about was basically a minister who was in Africa. He and a whole bunch of people at his ministry had a UFO encounter, just like the aerial school, um, just like oh, wow. the one in Australia. But people don't talk like this is a man wearing a collar going on TV saying we saw a UFO. There were entities in the UFO. They waved at us. They were there for quite a while. And no one's talking about that. <laughs> like, I don't like it. Gets, I had to remind other people that it even happened. Like, people didn't seem to know about that. I was, wasn't aware of that one. Right. Exactly. Wait, where was this? It was in Africa. Yeah, I'll look it up for you. Um, and so because people don't seem to remember. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of these massive sightings like that. Hmm. So, uh, okay, so I, I pulled this off of <laughs> the main course, but I'll tell you, I think you should talk to Diana Pasolka if okay. you want to get to the Vatican and she might help you out on that path. Um, let's pull out some more questions for you, though. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Have you, by any chance, read um, Rupolt's book um, about Blue Book and his very long list of reasons for the government basically discarding, tossing, ignoring UFO reports? I have not. I am ignorant on that. Yeah. The reason I mention it is because, of course, your documentary is about the government and UFOs, the intelligence community and UFOs. And it 
is amazing to me that people don't just stop and gawk at a man who worked for Blue Book admitting that even what Blue Book has is a really small piece of the pie. Even those public nail records right. with 701 unidentified objects that remain unidentified, even that was a very small piece. He even said some of the reports were, were too confidential, you know, too right. secret for, oh, the, man. for a blue book. I know, right? Do you think that's what's going to happen with the, the new Arrow office? I just always like to think good thoughts. I don't know. I hope we get, I hope we get good. Info. I don't want to spin any like bad thoughts into existence. I'm just nothing but try and be positivity. So, okay. you know, I hope <clears throat> like, I just hope we get some just, clearer you know data released i think it, they definitely have it so i feel like it's a matter of yeah can the public handle this you know a lot of this stuff the tic tac uh and, and these other videos I, well i think the one had like leaked I think on <clears throat> I, I can't remember, but I feel like it was like a German like like I, uh, what was it like a German like special effects blog or whatever it was like somehow however it was like first introduced into the internet and that because like I feel like it was out before right like the New York Times confirmed it and it's like oh dude so people one it had been out for some time beforehand years and like people didn't realize it or they saw it, but thought it was fake. And so what is out now, you know, on Reddit and various channels that videos that, you know, it could be real that, you know, has just been, you know, it's, it hasn't been confirmed. Right. So I hope, but I hope, you know, we just get some like even clearer data. Um, the truth is probably like, oh, they, you know, they don't know what they want, maybe, perhaps. And it's like, well, man, if we don't really know what they want, well, then how are we supposed to tell everybody they exist? Because we're doing our best not to panic, <laughs> figuring this out. How, uh, yeah, how do we get them not to panic? We need to give them like a, a reason why it's okay that they exist. I feel like that is the bottom line, right? They don't really know. They don't really have the answers. And it's it's awkward to say this is happening and we don't have any answers. Like I I feel like they've made attempts with the reverse engineering, for instance, but haven't been successful. But you know, some people think they're mimicking some of those craft. And we've seen attempts at mimicking those craft repeatedly, but uh, I don't think they know how to fly the original craft. Yeah, I think I, I'm entirely on board that that is a possibility. I, I won't be surprised if it's eventually proven true. Uh, yeah, because you got to think like Deb, I mean, what's, 
we we can't we yeah we just can't conceptualize what five thousand fifty thousand a hundred thousand a million years of like evolution what technological evolution like just as a species like what does that even look like so to think of like what right you know to try and reverse uh, engineer something that is millions of years more advanced man we've come really far in a short period of time but i can imagine why it would take mm-hmm. a bit of time because you know just science the, the science community is because they're just incredibly smart i mean i think like quantum physics and stuff like that science has come a long way right um but i i really feel like there's a lot more to be discovered or understood mm-hmm. and and how to manipulate you know the the like quantum entanglement and just whatever part there's just a lot more i mean we're already like 3d printing stuff Mm-hmm. You know, like a consumer can 3D print, I guess, whatever they want. Um, I mean, not at, but like designs, right? Based on right. like different materials. But the fact that we can do it's like, oh, dude, well, yeah, what's that in a million years look like? Oh, well, bro, man, I'm hopeful right now. I live that that medicine advances enough just in my lifetime that I'm living till like 200. But at that point, dude, yeah, when you're just, well, man, like going through drive throughs and like just boop, they just like give you a new heart like instantly with like some, you know, like ray gun. I don't even know, but stuff would just, yeah, if you can manipulate everything, um, who, who knows what the possibilities are. So I can imagine, yeah, that kind of technology, super, super tough to, to reverse engineer. Yeah, it's it's funny though. Like the meta materials, when I searched for that, I found a lot of interesting stuff going on now at Duke University, for instance, with meta materials. Oh. Yeah, and it, it involves terahertz and some stuff that, like, I I'm not a scientist, so but I'm like, oh, that's again, we're walking the same path that we've described these NHI to have, right? We've we've talked about them cloaking, and I've found tons and tons of videos about being able to cloak nowadays. Um, between us having that material that's like the blackest of black, it's like takes out all light. Okay, there's that, and then there's also, again, more meta materials that do things to our vision. It looks like magic, and it and people are saying it's being used now. So it's. Cool. Yeah, so I just feel like, are we, I like, I know people think it's, like, a possibility that there's time dilation and, like, future humans coming back. I don't, I don't know if I believe that. I have a hard time with that. I think there's a lot of problems <laughs> with that, right? But it's, like, maybe we're encoded to follow this path that looks so much like what they do because they gave us the code to catch up with them does that make sense yep mm-hmm. that wow yeah that that was a uh, pretty neat you saying that i i think that kind of so you're saying like would lend credence to the hybrid some hybrid theory that we are a hybrid of them is that what you're is that what you're 
It's it's possible. Like inferring? Yeah, I feel like hybrid is a, a tricky word because when people hear that, they're like, you know, they they have a weird notion of what that might mean. I almost feel like there's more possibility that we have a shared common ancestor or, you know, um, you know, they had genetic abilities. We do now, by the way, already. Like you said, within 200 years, bam, look at what we're doing now. Yeah, CRISPR, right? We're already doing yes. gene editing. Right. We do yeah, that now. Um, people can also clone their pets now. So like we can do those things now and, you know, we have restrictions in this country, other countries do not have. So these things are not out of the realm of real possibility. And there's a lot of indication that there have been a lot of hominins on this planet. Um, so maybe there was some goofing around with genetics in a lab or maybe it was just they had a shared common ancestor and they were like let's make ourselves better to be on this planet <laughs> you know like and this is what happened um so i think there's a lot of possibilities like i said i finally found the name of the father i finally found it <laughs> like, who is it <laughs> i had to use my own website to find it by the way <laughs> um his name was father william gill G-I-L-L. -L. All right. He's sitting, sitting there with his ministry caller telling people that they had a UFO encounter with entities. And by the way, Rupolt, when he threw out a lot of those um, blue book files, he usually threw out the ones that involved entities. He admitted that they were just considered too far out and they tossed them. Huh. Mm -hmm. that i did not know that and that's um yeah that's really really interesting yeah lots of stuff for us to think about isn't there always yeah i mean deb you always yeah you're so so well researched i love it mm -hmm. that you you just look into everything knowing about the metamaterials at duke and um mm -hmm. yeah it's just always a pleasure yeah coming on your podcast because i know it always gives me a bunch of food for thought and stuff to look into and research and uh yeah help inspire more mm. documentaries right sure. and then and then you but what, what was the biggest question about like that we're encoded to follow this path i guess like what so what did you if you did mean like say genetically somewhere in our dna something is whatever uh predetermining that we follow right. like this path or, or are you talking like like well i think that's I possible so what is dna it's basically a a map it's a building blocks right it's a it's an encoded sequence of what we're supposed to do if your dna gets manipulated you don't do what you're supposed to do i on a personal level i've seen that with my son who had a micro deletion in his dna sequence that he got from his biological father he did not do the things he was supposed to do in the sequence he was supposed to do them as a result so, yes, you can change your um, DNA to some level by manipulating your genes. Um, they call it epigenetics. Um, that happens from environmental exposure. So you have, of course, not predeterminism all the way through. You can affect your genes. You can yeah. <clears throat> impact your path, right? Unfortunately, not always for the better. <laughs> when you like, you know, if you're eating unhealthy, 
you might like end up activating some genes that cause you to gain weight or have high cholesterol or something. Who knows, right? I don't know all the details, but but if you are being healthy, you might activate something else that's really good for you or, you know, increase your metabolism or whatever. And it all, it's like you mess with the formula, but people like Lou Elizondo have mentioned the possibility that the DNA was um, engineered, um, like the map was set. And, you know, if we have a shared common ancestor with a greater uh, intelligence, let's say, <laughs> then there's a possibility that we're trying to catch up to our ancestors uh, or, you know, whatever is going on and was encoded in us in the first place. That's deep. Yeah. By the way, John and I actually talked about the fact that the hybrid thing came up in your documentary, not just from him, and he was really pleased that it came from two other people and there was synchronicity with that topic in your documentary. Oh, I know it was, um, it was really cool. It was insane. So it was neat that, uh, yeah, just the way the events unfolded. And like I said, how that's cool that John, uh, noticed that and, and, and appreciated that and like that. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, to be honest, uh, that's one of the things I think that really fascinated me about John uh, just in the beginning when he started, when I saw him starting to kind of talk about uh, the CIA or, or just, or, or his, his experience or extraterrestrials um, just all these different things on these, these podcasts and the PowerPoint presentation he gave and the hybrids. Yeah. It just really, piqued my interest because i'm just like oh dude i don't know i wouldn't be surprised um i like yeah i mean the 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 extra temporal or time travel came up uh as well from um i think one or a couple people i i it's interesting. We concluded in the doc. These are what these people are, are saying. You know, I love like Tom Carey, who's very well researched. He's saying he he interviewed like Werner von Braun, you know, the, the, the Nazi, like his two sons, um, like where, you know, mm -hmm. they came over through Operation Paperclip. So it's just cool. Like he's these are things that he's reporting that these sons were saying. Um, uh, and so. But either way, it was cool that. My like my brother, for example, mm. when he saw it, um, and he's not heavily into this 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 content and subject matter. Mm -hmm. What he got from it, he loved it. He, but he was like, "Dude, I, um, yeah, I I really like that kind of time travel or the extra temporal uh, theory better. It fits better with him. So whatever, okay. you know, to each their own." Well, here's the thing, and it, that's what I do try to research all of these. And I really, I actually DM'd Michael Masters, who's like the lead on the future human coming back hypothesis, by the way. But um, he hasn't responded yet. If you're listening, Michael Masters, look at your DMs. But um, <laughs> but um, I, I feel like sometimes people confuse 
terms when it comes to science, right? So when people are talking about the fact that these could be interdimensional, they also remind people that time is like another dimension, okay? Now, like if you listen to science people, it's really confusing. I think I'm just have to be a scientist or something to really grasp all of it. But they're saying like, you know, time is more like a dimension then, you know, not like how we see time. The, the fact that space-time gets confused with us looking at a, a watch is really a different thing altogether. But there's a possibility when people are saying it's extra-temporal, they're talking about a manipulation of space-time, which is not quite, you know, like they might have just had like some communication issues. So a lot of people do seem to think that whatever the phenomenon is, might be manipulating space-time or might be going into another dimension or coming in and out of another dimension. In other words, they can manipulate mass, if that's true, right? They can manipulate gravity. They understand another level of physics, which, you know, honestly, physicists can admit that they don't fully understand. They don't even understand the makeup of gravity. I can tell you that because I just listened to a scientist talking about that the other day when they were talking about the collider. They're trying to find the particles involved, right? They don't, they don't know what dark matter is yet, and they're looking for that. Like, right. whoever finds that's probably going to get a Nobel Prize, by the way. But <laughs> they don't understand what keeps everything connected in the universe yet, and that's part of dark matter, right? So I think... There's a lot they don't understand, but a lot of people, just experiencers, get the sense that these things are manipulating those things that we just understand as science. It looks like magic to us, but it's probably, in my opinion, science that they know better than we do. And they can just come in and out of the dimension is what people say, right? They can pop in and out. Um Again, everyone always references, uh, I think the book is Flatlanders, which I read as a kid. It's fascinating, right? It's the idea of like beings who are 2D experiencing a 3D being and what that would Ooh. look like to them. And But we're maybe the 2D beings in this case. And these 3D beings are the UFOs or the phenomenon. And they understand the 3D world, right? And they understand yep. how to manipulate things. And we probably look re really weird to them if that's the case, right? <laughs> right. And then it's, yeah, so it's like, yeah, whatever. They poke their finger or something into our into our 3D world. And we can't even comprehend like what they are. You know what I mean? Like we only see maybe, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's like the 3D to the 2D world or whatever, where it's like, oh boy, it really can't comprehend the cylinder mm -hmm. coming into its world. It just sees, you know, a flat piece of paper or whatever, right? Right? In front mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I think it could, it very well could be that. Right. And it's funny because one of my, the videos that I saw that inspired this thinking was someone who studied UFOs quite a lot, Carl Sagan, and then yeah. came later into like more debunking. But he's the one who was talking about, you know, 
fourth and fifth dimensions and time and stuff like that. And, and he was trying to show it like what it would look like maybe, but you know, our, our brains just don't know because we're not built for that. We're the, we're the flatlanders, right? Furthermore, you know, not only do we hear about these objects popping in and out, possibly messing with that, right? We hear about people having like time loss or, you know, just feeling like time's getting messed up around them, right? Um, we hear about them seeing objects going through walls, <laughs> you know, like a lot of like um, Preston Dennett talks about experiencers who have been taken through walls, you know, and that's that's interesting, right? They must be manipulating something somewhere to be able to do that. <laughs> I don't know. For sure. No, I think, uh, well, I don't know, isn't like. And I could be wrong. Correct me, Deb, if I'm misspeaking. I know you will because you're well-researched. Mm -hmm. But isn't it something like, you know, the reason, like, when I put my hand against the table that, you know, my hand doesn't go through the table is because, like, you know, that, like, the atoms or whatever are, like, hitting against each other, right? But, mm -hmm. like, in theory, if I do that enough times, one time I'll hit it where they all happen to, like, mesh up where they miss each other, right? Like, they through the gaps. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I think... Isn't there something like that, that it's like theoretically possible? I mean, it'd take like, you know, a, whatever, a gazillion or trillion times. But at some point, my hand should go through that table. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I remember hearing that in science class in like 10th grade. So who knows? It could be wrong. That was a long time ago. But uh, either way, yeah. I mean, you talk about CERN and, you know, throwing, turning on the LHC like they did. Like, I think it was back in July here. And discovering, like, I forget if it was, like, three new particles or whatever. What It was, like, yo, we keep thinking, like, like whatever, trying to go smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller to see, like, what this universe is made up of. And, like, the Higgs-Boston or whatever. That was, like, speculated for a while. And then that's proven. And now it's, like, oh, dude, we just, we got things that, yeah, like, we keep getting smaller. And... I don't see how we don't probably just keep going, like continuing to do will. that. So at some point when we really, really got a grasp of dude, this is how everything is made up. And maybe it's as simple as like some child, just they can look at like some kid down the road, just can look at this problem a way that nobody else has ever looked at it and say, Oh dude, well, what a, yeah. What about this? Um, and so, yeah, at that point, it's like, oh, yeah, not only could, would I be able to just doo -doo, go through a wall, but, oh, well, at that, yeah, well, dude, I'll just bring you with me, too. That's no problem. I'm, like, controlling <laughs> this entire situation. You know, there's nothing you have to worry about. Uh, like, I just have complete control of every whatever atom in existence. I, I'm not sure. Like, yeah, well, maybe it's a big digital. Because, like, what's the science of, like, you know, isn't it right? Like, nothing can travel fast. Currently, we don't like nothing can travel faster than the speed of light. But, but the universe is expanding faster than the speed of light, or like the observable. Like somehow, it's like outside of the observable universe. Somehow, mm -hmm. I, I can't remember. I was reading up on this recently. I'm just like. Wait, that doesn't my brain can't even compute that. That like yeah. oh like wait, nothing 
but somehow the universe is expanding faster than speed light. Yeah, it's, just, I've, it's too much for me. It's too I'm not much. gonna. I'm not gonna ask you the end of the universe question. I've asked other people that. I'll ask you another time that like, I always try to get people to think about what's on the other side of the end of the universe, but I, yeah, it breaks your brain, but here's yeah. something I want to point out. And this connects to what you were saying. Like, what is the science of us putting our hand through a wall? A lot of people are boiling all of this down to essentially the word energy. Okay. So I think it's like electricity that keeps the atoms from breaking apart and it's our electricity in our atoms that repels our hand from those okay. on the wall so that if we didn't have that electricity maybe we could go through the wall but mm. but then again our hand might also just you know <laughs> disintegrate and i'm very curious because in star wars when yoda dies what is what happens to his body it just disintegrates right but why doesn't our body do that because our electricity is gone Right? Why doesn't the body just hmm. why do the atoms stay together? It's very curious. But anywho, here's the thing that I keep hearing about. It's light, sound, and frequency. Bryce Sable had a party when he put out dark skies and a man came to his house who said he was a part of the intelligence community, by the way. I think he was like Navy maybe even but he gave him a note with a formula on it or something. And he said, light, sound, frequency, right? Tom DeLong recently in a podcast said, I think this is basically about light, sound, frequency. And scientists now are starting to figure out that they can manipulate sound to become light. Everything huh. is boils down to frequencies and what are people saying about how to see or hear ufos tune into frequencies and what is gary nolan talking about that part of our brain might be an antenna picking up frequencies so i think that's where we're going to go eventually some scientist is going to get real smart with that and that's where we might be able to start going through balls I like it. You have my vote <clears throat> and I'll do yeah. what I can to help get us there. It may, you know, it won't be much, but um, yeah, I'll have a positive attitude along the way. I think that, I think all this stuff is just fascinating. I think it's cool that scientists like Gary Nolan, right? That like these people, you know, are really smart and intelligent and much more well-researched and, and knowledgeable than me. You know, that they're offering these, like that they're being, in my opinion, good scientists and not really ruling anything out until it can be proven. Like, God, oh, dude, that's impossible. Because I think it takes people, like smart people, thinking outside the box to start mm -hmm. to solve, you know, some of these problems, uh, manipulate, you know, the world around us. It's crazy how much us as a spe human species have manipulated it already. And so, uh, you know, it, I, I think it'll be great. I don't know. At some point, generations from now, hopefully not too many, but, you know, those great, 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 great grandkids look back and be like, dude, that Tyler, he was, he was a savage, man. They used to get on like 
some sort of what podcast like call <laughs> together like they talk through microphones what are you talking about that is that sounds like an incredible amount of work um why didn't they just do this how did they know it? like this you know and it'll be commonplace right it'll be absolute mm-hmm. commonplace because you got to think like man my uh my great my great grandma uh who's who's passed away now for i don't know if it, and I don't know if it's been 10 or 15 years at this point, but, you know, growing up in the Great Depression, right, on a farm. Like, dude, we're talking in North Carolina two generations ago, three generations ago, like, they were defecating and going to the bathroom in outhouses, right? Outhouses year-round. We go from that a few generations to now we're going to the bathroom and in tin cans, 30,000 feet above the earth flying 400 miles per hour. Right. So in another three generations, are we, are we in some sort of flying saucer going to visit and on field trips to explore these exotic foreign planets? Because we realize dude, not only is like their intelligent life out there, like, yo, it, it's abundant. There's like actually, Wait, like when we said the universe is massive, no, no, yo, we like under understated that. No, it is massive. There, there's life all over the place at all different stages of development, and us being, you know, for the most part, like humanity being curious and wanting to understand more and driven and scientific, like, yo, I would imagine we would probably study those planet or those peoples and species and life forms too, if they were less advanced than us. And probably a lot of people like make good call. Like, Oh dude, let's not mess with them until they get to this point or, you know, cause they can't handle it. Their consciousness, their spirit, it's not there yet, whatever it, it might be. Um, you know, I don't know. There's probably reasons I can't even comprehend at this point. But like, it's cool, it, man. I, I hope that it's like three generations away or something that we're doing this stuff. I hope maybe it's like, yo, two years from now, I'm like super surprised. Um, well, I, it'd be dope. <laughs> I would. I wouldn't. I like. I won't be shocked. I'll be like, dude, I knew it was possible. I knew it was. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad. Like, yeah, I just I felt and believed it was possible. <clears throat> that we could get all these interviews and documentaries made and and be of high quality uh, and thorough in such a short period of time. But like, I really believed in my heart. I'm like, dude, I don't care who else is making documentaries and how long it takes them to make these films. Like, you know, I can see what it is. It's a number of interviews. We got to find these people, but I believe it can happen. And then it's just a matter of, yeah, piecing together that footage. And yeah, here we are. So it's like, oh dude. Yeah, in my mind, I could see I could see crazy, crazy, crazy tech uh you know in, in my lifetime for sure. I look forward to that day. I hope it happens. Well, you know, I just want to throw out that DARPA is also trying to move things with the mind, including airplanes already. We're working on it. So, I mean, it's such a weird parallel. But 
I, it, I'm going to go back a little bit to, you know, what you we were saying about um, believing in your ability to do this. And of course, emphasize again, I believe in your ability to do this. I think you have a lot more work ahead of you. I feel like there's a plethora of things that are going to fall in front of you. And I'm hoping that you'll let me interview you each time you come out with a new documentary. I'll keep sending them if you'll keep having me because I Great. love it. Like I said, I always come away like just learning so much and just having good food for thought, which allows me to like look at things differently. I like to have just a lot of different perspectives. The more information, the better. You know? Right. And I, and I know we're almost done. So I really want to, speaking of food for thought, all of these questions that were inspired by your documentary, I just want to glance real quick and see which one I want to throw out. Oh, oh, oh. Aha. I'll ask you this one. Yes. Okay. Tyler, you've sort of alluded to this a little bit a couple times where you say, is the phenomenon at play here? Now, everyone who says that they get involved with the phenomenon and gets close to the phenomenon and starts getting near people who are part of the phenomenon, right? Has the phenomenon start to look back? Is it happening more to you now? Is the phenomenon looking back at you? Or is it starting to get involved in your life? Good question. For people who've heard me on here before. So, I mean, it was only, you know, 14 months ago. So it hasn't been that long. But when we started making the first documentary, Conscious Contact, Full Disclosure, I had some, some unique experiences um, when I came home from an, in, after the interview with Sue Walker, uh, she's in telepathic contact with the Ponte extraterrestrials in the Sandia mountain. Um, and one, some, something she mentioned at the end was like, Hey, sometimes I find, you know, the people that come and interview me or talk to me, they find that the Ponte, you know, come and see them or play tricks on them <clears throat> or just be curious to the people when they return home. And it happens, especially if the person says, Hey, like verbal out loud, like, Hey, like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm comfortable with that. So she says that I say, yep, that's I'm fine. She's like, what about your son? I'm like, yep, he's cool with it. No big deal. He's um, eight. And <clears throat> yeah, just had some odd things <clears throat> that happened when I returned with my son's medication missing or an inhaler, like being there one second, disappearing i don't know for a couple minutes looking all over the living room and then appear like somehow it was like kind of right in the middle of the floor it's like what what like how, how i don't understand how this is possible so there was just a few things like that and i uh um and a couple more and it just i i remember saying to my son like he was getting a little nervous right because kids are creative and their minds wander he's like oh dad like I'm just, I've kind of like, is everything all right? Like, this is just a little like uh, weird. And I was like, bro, look, if this is the Ponte, they're, if they want to do us harm, they would, they would have already done it. Right. Um, so if anything, yo, Ponte, if you're out there just teasing us, messing with us, yo, please help make dad the best documentary filmmaker in the world. And Deb, I crap, I crap you not. Like, we've had four documentaries well finished like the the last of that and then four picked up for distribution and released since then and 
So it's like, I, dude, I don't know. Is the phenomenon staring back? It, it might be. And I feel, yeah, if anything, it's only kind of just helping me on this journey to just remain curious and open-minded and respectful. Like I only try and bring good vibes, you know, it, like into all these different, yeah, just all these interactions and these interviews and just let these people share their stories and just be non-judgmental and, um, so I don't know. I know like since I've started investigating this phenomenon, which I've not been interested in my entire life or anything like that, neither is Chris. In my opinion, I think Chris and I have both grown as people. Um, we just we just have. We're much more open-minded. I was always a but Chris, he who's very skeptical, he would indeed say that he's much more open-minded and able to be empathetic or just understand other people, look at other people um, and like see their experiences for, for, you know, their journey and their path. And so, yeah, I feel like the phenomena could have a hand in that and meeting people like you for sure. Yeah. I, I think sometimes that we are chess pieces in a game, <laughs> you know, I don't know that it's necessarily a bad thing to be in that game. You know, I don't think game is necessarily a negative word, but I think that's sometimes where we are. I know that uh, when I started this journey, I was pretty set on helping with the disclosure process and helping people be prepared for the disclosure process. And I feel like both of those things are happening and I'm far from done as well. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. And Hey, if there's other until uh, other NHIs um, and stuff that are like, you know, watching us like the Truman show or whatever, dude, like I'm trying to give them something to cheer on. Right. Like, I hope they're like, yo, go Tyler. Go. They're like, dude, this is dope. And same with you. So I don't think it hurts like, dude, to just try our best. Like, let's have fun and enjoy this and really put forth effort. Um, and so, yeah, it, like I, you had mentioned way earlier in the episode, but yeah, these things that before a lot of people would say like divine inspiration or where's this creativity coming from? Like, Dude, I don't, yeah, whether it's God, NHI, like extraterrestrials, interdimensional beings, I don't, I don't really care so much. Like, it's just, I try and appreciate like, man, these documentaries we've created, they definitely feel like they kind of came from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Whether it was like the titling, the people that we interviewed, the way it all cut together, um, yeah, it's, it's just weird. I can't explain it, but it's just two guys doing all this. And we're not sitting down beforehand storyboarding about, oh, dude, let's see if we can get a story like this. It's like, oh, no, dude, these are interesting people talking about very interesting topics and very, mm. very personal and unique experiences. I, I feel like people would more people would love to hear what they are saying. I think it would be good for humanity. And then when we do that with, you know, five people or whatever, it's like, oh, dude, I th I th we've got enough footage to cut a doc. And then it's just, uh, yeah, it's like crazy. Like something else is at work. Because then, like John Ramirez mentioned, dude, it's just nuts how in the post-production editing process where you have to, you know, you can't use everybody's 
60 to 90 minutes, you know, worth of interview. That's just a really long, long video, um, mm -hmm. whatever, seven and a half, eight hours long. And so it's part of this beauty of the movie making process and documentary making process. And so it's cool because I think it's much, it's much more powerful in this form. You know, there's a lot of people doing interviews and talking about this, like just long form, which is awesome. And it just, it's, I love it. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's something to be said about, you know, like an 81 minute documentary with various <clears throat> different um, people from different walks of life and different backgrounds and different intelligence positions sharing their stories and how they interweave. It's like, dude, that almost seems like something else is at play. That's crazy. Okay. I had a deep thought while you were saying that. You ready? It's like they were all the musical instruments in an orchestra and you conducted the orchestra and made a concert. Dude, that's that's a good that's a good analogy. That's a, and then above Chris and I could be NHI with puppet strings that are directing <laughs> us, right? Like we're not yes. even in control. We think this, uh, but it's like, nah, dude, I'm open to like, dude, something is compelling us to make these decisions and, and just make these documentaries. And I'm very thankful for it and thankful for people like you. All right. And well, this doing. is, and honestly, it's such a, if people stay away from, the negative things like which obviously you're trying very hard to do and i appreciate that there's so much joy in this like i am studying humanity i am studying history more than ever in my life of course i'm brushing up on you know aspects of psychology that i don't normally have to use in my mental health practice you know um so it's it's exciting it's fun like i'm even like you know looking at things like how, how's our progress on communicating with dolphins and you know like things like that like we really need to get that nailed down before we can talk to nhi i think but anywho like we there's so much joy that's available to to address and consider looking at dna looking at you know colliders looking at space looking at web you know like there's so much fun in this topic so thank you again for being a conductor for that orchestra. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. And just thank you for just all the compliments and positivity. Mm -hmm. Like it really sincerely, it means a lot to Chris and I, um, and you know, if people watch uh, in plain sight, the intelligence community and UFOs, you know, and they feel like particularly moved, we'd love to, you know, hear, hear like a review or some feedback from you because, mm -hmm. uh, even if, even if it is negative, you know, like I'm big enough to be like, one, I don't know everything. Two, the world's a big place and you can't please everybody. And three, it's like, dude, I whatever. I try and find value in it in anything. So like, oh, somebody doesn't like it because of these reasons. Okay, I can respect that. And we keep that stuff in mind and we just continue to grow. Um, but so far, dude, all the other docs were at like 40% five-star rating <clears throat> um, on Amazon, which is incredible. Four out of every 10 people well, that that are rating it or giving it five stars like that's nuts um and real quick plug kudos to humanity right continuing to surprise like and and how fun it is like deb did we not just shoot some like vending messiah vending machine sized object 
and mm-hmm. hit something, whatever, tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of miles out into out in space um, at like 14,000 miles per hour, whatever it was uh, like. And that and the thing we hit was the size of like three football fields. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, hold on. Wait, what? We and then and then uh, confirmed that we like redirected its course. I think I forget if they were looking. Ah, I hate to misspeak on the number, but it was something like they were looking for a half a degree change in in, mm. in course or trajectory, and they got like I forget if it was two degrees or five degrees, whatever it was, it was exponentially better, and it proved to them like, oh wow, we could actually spot an asteroid much later, and it be much closer, and we should, based on this last experiment. Di- redirect it X amount of degrees to, right. to miss Earth. Like, dude, the fact we can even do that? Wild. Right. Wild. So how are people not having fun when that kind of stuff is like straight up hap- happening yeah. in real time? I think like I just felt... Week. Yeah, I think I felt that way watching the helicopter on Mars. You know? Oh. The fact that we had a helicopter flying on Mars... And like that was, I guess, I don't know, about a year ago I was watching that and I was thinking people think it's crazy that there could be UFOs over our planet, but we have a UFO, well, an IFO for us, but a UFO for anything on Mars that is flying over their planet. (laughs) So I don't know. It's just, it's a crazy wild adventure. I'm very glad you're in on this adventure with all of us. Please tell us what you're going to be doing next and then where we can find you. Sure thing. So we have tried to film Ghosts in the Graveyard, Pure Pandemonium. Um, We've made two attempts so far. There's a haunted cemetery in the ghost town of Pandemonium, Pennsylvania. And so that's why the title, yeah, it's just perfect. Ghost in the Graveyard Pure. And so we've gone there twice or had camp out set up here in the fall. The first one, Chris got like just really, really ill and sick like mm. uh, two days before. And I just, there was no way we could do it. He just couldn't. We rescheduled. We're out there, Deb, um, just this past Saturday. So like four days ago. We're out there for a couple hours. The medium shows up and the paranormal investigator. Everything looks good. Dude, this is, yep. We got all these um, other people showing up, adventurers and and, uh, people that are open-minded and into this. Um, They're showing up after work. And like, we are just getting ready to film this this, uh, medium's interview because the sun is like getting perfect. Lighting's great. We're by the cemetery. What There's an energy in the air. And- Dude, she, like, uh, it was crazy. She gets this voicemail from her brother and sister-in-law saying that, you know, the, the sister, like, is about to have a baby. Wow. And she has to leave. And I'm like, we're out in the middle of nowhere. There's, like, no reception. How did, like, I can't believe she got this voicemail. This is insane. Nobody has any reception. So I'm like, you got to make a quick call. And I'm just like, well, man, I mean, we need the paranormal investigator. She has all the equipment. She's the medium. She's experienced in this stuff. Like we're just not in the business of just making documentaries for the sake of like documentary. Like we're trying to make really 
good and entertaining and interesting and informative and thought provoking, like pro thought provoking documentary. So I had to like call it because um, she had to leave. So I'm like, oh, you know what? It's understand like things happened. It must have happened for a reason. This it'll turn out better, you know, when we do film this. Uh, but yeah, it was crazy. I had to like drive 20 minutes all the way like back to get a cell signal, contact all these other people that are on their way, tell them to turn around. Then I mm -hmm. went back and Chris and I, yeah, <clears throat> we hung out by the fire for a little bit and, and uh, with another guy who was there, Austin. And yeah, we made the best of it, but it's so crazy. We keep trying to film that one and it almost seems cursed that we can't get it. I so I'm thinking third time's a charm. We'll, we'll make that happen. We're doing, a, we want to do a remote viewing one. We just do. Um, so we're going to manifest that happening. I can help you with that. Okay. That'd be perfect. If you can send me a list of names, because I, I really want to start scheduling those interviews yesterday. Um, and then, uh, yeah, still like to do a, 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 a like reincarnation, like past life regression uh, doc, probably call it in a past life or something like that. Um, so yeah, need to schedule those interviews as well. But those are those are what's going to be coming up. Oh, and then Chris Rupert, he's he's dead set on. I don't know. He wants to film like a paranormal, like Christmas documentary, like a parano like a ghost Christmas documentary. He just he wants to, and I'm like, you know what, bro. You want to do that bad enough, like, uh, uh, we'll do it. And so um, we're in Pennsylvania. There's Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and there's mm -hmm. a haunted uh, a haunted hotel there, a popular haunted hotel in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So I'm thinking we can get interviews there. And then I'm hoping I can find there's, like, maybe, like, a haunted church or something. You know what I mean? Uh, somewhere around there that I could interview uh, perhaps some people and yeah. we do like a Christmas one, but we'd film that this Christmas and then it would have to release the following Christmas. Cause we can't like release it in like late spring or, or summer. It just, I don't know. It wouldn't, it wouldn't play as well. I don't think. Yeah. There's a very famous story involving uh, spirits and Scrooge, <laughs> you know, so mm. maybe, maybe you could find some parallels between that very famous Christmas carol <laughs> you know that's or, true or a christmas story and uh yeah make it a really very connected to spirits and christmas <laughs> documentary we could i like it i like it find people who have been met with present spirits future foretelling portending spirits or spirits that make them look at their past <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of dig that. I kind of dig that. I gotta run everything by Chris. We're a team, but yeah, yeah. that's good. You always give you always give some good info, which some is good I'm, ideas. And I'm gonna give you another list when we get off of here. So I want you to get to say goodbye. Please tell people where they can find you. Sure thing, Deb. So again, I'm Tyler Transu with Dockside Media. That's right, the dopest documentary production company. This side of Milky Way. Dig it, dug it, dag dab it. Let's go. You can find us at Facebook uh, for our Dockside Media page. And then we're also on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, all those uh, with the at Dockside Media handle. And feel free to follow us. 
because yeah, we put out just public call outs when we do some of these like Sasquatch campouts or um, other paranormal, like the ghost of Gettysburg, ghost of Gettysburg. We did a haunted camp out. Um, yeah. Like going battle, former battlegrounds, right. In Gettysburg. Like, I mean, how crazy is that? And people were like, yeah, joined us. Right. They, they, they saw the post we had, uh, you know, experts um, and authors like, and whatnot. But dude, if you're listening to Deb's podcast and you're like, Dude, I'd love to appear in one of these Dockside Media documentaries. Like, yep. Like, if you really want to, like, literally, just follow us, and you can make that happen. We're filming stuff um, all the time. So, depending on what the project is, you know, a lot of times we get the public involved on on stuff that's, you know, that 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 involves like a camp out or something that that the public can be involved in. So, um, yeah, please follow us there, and also please watch In Plain Sight: The Intelligence Community and UFOs. It's available again on Amazon, Apple TV, iTunes, Google Play, PlayStation, Microsoft, and Voodoo. You can also find links to all our documentaries on our website, docsidemedia.com. That's D-O-C-S-I-D-E media.com. And Deb, I just want to thank you so much just for the time and the great conversation and yeah, the food for thought. I just, I always leave, you know, these this podcast like just feeling like a more well-rounded individual i really do i just and it's good for me it really is therapeutic that and i'm gonna give you a few contacts when we're done for one of those docs yay that's really dope too (laughs) i'm down with that as well yes but no it's always a pleasure you're doing great work and just thank uh, thank you for all the work that you do because like, yo, I'm just always blown away and impressed with all the great knowledge and experience that you pull up and stories like you're just very, very well researched. You're very curious individual. So kudos for the phenomenon getting you on this path because yeah, it's like, it's cool. I mean, I hopefully your journey and what you're doing inspires others to be like, dude, if it's something you like really enjoy, you'd be surprised like what you can learn when you like apply yourself. Like you said, you're doing all these different things and learning about all these different things. And five, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I mean, it, I don't know. It might've not even been on your radar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's cool that it's like, Oh dude, yeah, this stuff is helping you grow. And mm-hmm. um have a better journey and experience and probably, you know, and hopefully treat others even better than right. than you, than you treated them before. Cause like, you're just constantly maturing and evolving. Yes. Well, to everyone listening, thank you very much. I hope you're out there maturing, evolving and watching documentaries from Dockside media, as well as, you know, absorbing all of the information that's out there. That's fascinating for us to absorb um thank you for listening this was deb from deb's data dojo part of the calling all beings podcast network if anyone needs me i'm at study of uaps you can find me at the ufoconnector.com or with the um, uap medical coalition or on twitter facebook linkedin all the, the normal places i hope you have a wonderful day or night take care everybody